Hi, this is Redeem. We give formerly incarcerated citizens the chance to share their stories, unadulterated, unashamed. This podcast is a partnership between criminal justice advocate Yasmin Barak and storyteller Matt Tekatala. Each episode offers a compassionate glimpse into the life of an American on a quest for redemption, along with the difficulties they face and the victories they celebrate. With each story, we learn more about the complicated nature of self-forgiveness and what it means to live in a just society. Can I find my way back to a time that was innocent and pain-free, unjustified of being black, unafraid of attack, perspectives that give birth to perceptions and assumptions, vexing in this mess called life, blood, green grass, and sand, missing my homeland, Africa. That was a poem by Jamal Taylor. He's an ambassador for the UC Berkeley Underground Scholars Program. Today, we speak with him. My name is Jamal Marcus Basilio Taylor, I'm 49 years old, born and raised in the Bay Area. I've been dealing with incarceration since I was 14. Currently, I'm still on felony probation. Jamal tells us why he was trapped in the cycle of incarceration for so many years. Take it from the top. In and out of prison as a young man, I faced drug addiction, being involved with gang activity, dealing with the sales of narcotics. Finally, caught up with me, got involved with a heinous crime, got sentenced to 10 years in state prison, a few deaths in the family. I lost my mother and father while in prison. I really didn't take that too well, so I maxed out my time, got out. I was on high-risk parole, which was three years, so dealing with the case was roughly 13, 14 years out here by myself, life halfway in shambles. Can't go backwards, but I don't know how to move forward. Got involved with criminal behavior again. Got caught up again, because that's what it does. Low self-esteem, not believing in myself, not really trusting the system after dealing with them from the incarceration side, thinking that law enforcement and establishments put in place or really not in my best interest without really giving them a chance. Really not trying to seek employment, just justifying my actions through past experiences, even though I did something to break the law. So it was like, oh, they're not going to hire me. I'm an ex-felon. I'm going to go and do what I got to do to get this money, even though I didn't fill out the application. I didn't go down and see who was felony friendly, because there are places that will hire you. So dealing with drugs and alcohol and things of that nature, once I dealt with that employment and those barriers that I once thought were there started to dissipate. In order to liberate himself from the carceral cycle, Jamal first needed the change in mindset. So the avenue I took was first getting myself together, my thinking, my behavior, and then transforming that into positive action. First it was actually sitting down with my PO, my probation officer, telling her I needed some uh, help with substance abuse. And from that conversation, I went into a program called Options Recovery Center. From there, they had a PO in there that helps network with people on probation or parole. It was job opportunities, classes to deal with denial management, substance abuse, Once Jamal took decisive action to improve his well-being and financial situation, his pipe dreams suddenly became within reach. Got into a program, and I said, well, if I'm starting over, I might as well start all the way over. So I got involved in school, 
started going to school, got involved with a program at Merritt College called Street Scholars. UEP Newton went to Merritt College, so they have a, a room called the UEP Newton Lounge. We did a talk there about the documentary 13, right? So I was on that panel, and from there I met Danny Murillo, and then he introduced me to Underground Scholars, UC Berkeley, and from there I saw that the networking system on the university level is almost, thus far I've experienced, unparalleled. This is almost like endless. Like you meet all sorts of people, walks of life, and different degrees and different latitudes and different ethnic backgrounds and different stories. Then I found out that I'm not unique. Like everybody that I ran into or kind of like had a, a checkered past, you know, trying to do better. So I was like, oh, okay. Like it's okay to start back up at an older age. For the formerly incarcerated, pursuing an education can be the difference between gainful employment and returning to prison. People who participate in educational programs while incarcerated are 43% less likely to return to prison than those who don't. Jamal was lucky enough to find a support network that encouraged him to pursue advanced degrees in sociology. But for many, especially those coming out of prison, more essential resources need to be obtained first. What qualifies for successful reentry is the ability to navigate your wants and needs inside the system of society, meaning housing, job, clothing, transportation, shelter, food, providing for yourself. There will be boundaries, but knowing that there are things in place to assist you, having a relationship with your governing officer, let it be probation or parole, no dirty tests as far as urine analysis, no interactions with the law that will violate the terms and conditions of you being free. And if you could do that and give back that number they give you, then that would be a successful reentry. Other than that, you'll just be repeating a cycle, which will prolong you in the system. Jamal, more than anyone, knows how easy it can be to slip up and end up in the system again. That's why he's devoted his life to helping people avoid making the same mistakes. I work for a place called BOSS, which is Building Opportunities for Self-Sufficiency, and actually we help felons of Alameda County find employment and housing, clothing, driver's license, whatever they might need as an individual to facilitate them to do better on probation or parole. I work in a homeless shelter in San Francisco, so I give back to the community. Even though I live over here, I think that the Bay Area needs all the support it can get. And since I spent numerous years having deviant behavior, I feel that working with the homeless and addressing their issues, I can like pay my way back to society. I'm a service coordinator in San Francisco on the weekends, catering to their needs, case management, mentorship, and just trying to give back and let people know that just because you are a so-called formerly incarcerated, that our voice matters, that we can make a difference, that we are a semi-large population of the minority group, and we do matter. I work for EOPS at Merritt College also, so I navigate with the students and help them through the college experience, because when I went, I didn't get that navigation. <laughs> so I had to learn the hard way about financial aid and what classes are transferable, which ones aren't, how many credits that will be paid for until you have to pay yourself. I'm a little, I'm an older student, so the community college is a little bit younger, so they really don't know the proper questions to ask. So I try to like be their voice inside. 
So when I hear about scholarships that they discuss, when students come in for assistance or make appointments for the counselor, I notify them about it. I network with um, financial department and ask them for updates if anything's posting or coming up so I can have it readily available as far as on my desk for the students to come. So I try to help in that way to give back to the students also. So all the institutions that I touch growing up and didn't really do so well in, I find myself circling back as an adult to give my input now. While Jamal has matured greatly over the years, his work on himself is by no means over. I took a shot at amateur bodybuilding, so I work out every day. I did three shows. I did the Casa Contra 2010. I did the San Francisco Championship 2010. And I did the California Sacramento State Championship 2010. San Francisco and Sacramento, I placed fourth and fifth, qualified to do a show to see if I can earn a pro card. I just want to see if I can do it, just challenge myself. For the discipline, I like the after effects of lifting weights. Like I, like, I like their physique. I haven't really been to the doctor for post-traumatic stress syndrome, but I know some type of way I have those inhibitors through the, the violence of the street and prison, it's having to just deal with certain things without a therapeutic ear. So I use it as a, a mechanism to almost like get the pain off. I leave it there. I lift two, two and a half hours. I do cardio just to leave all those unchanneled emotions there. That's my therapy. So instead of sitting on somebody's couch, I leave it all on the bench press. <laughs> Jamal also heals himself with other, perhaps less physical activities. I write poetry to navigate through some of the hidden feelings that come up every now and then. I spend a, a lot of time alone. Intentional, though, so I can actually feel what I'm supposed to feel without any type of influence. I like to read. While in prison, I learn how to speak Arabic. So I read and write Arabic on my spare time. I don't hear the language in in my ear. I like to keep it on my tongue. This is the language of my belief. I'm a Muslim. I like the discipline. Like I said, I did so much wrong, I might as well do right all the way. And I saw no need to get something interpreted to me. Why not learn the original language so I know for myself? I did that for eight years, and I found out that it's, it's so diverse that it has its own character. One word can hold different meanings depending upon how you use it or what constitutes past, present, or future tense. You know, it's not really at all rigid how people portray it to be. There's more things you can do than you can't do in Islam. Like, there's only like 15 things you really can't do and 2,000 things you can. <laughs> Jamal owes his resilience and generosity to his faith. Kept me on a lot of fights, a lot of stressful situations. So it was kind of a trying time. So I just found solace in it. I found comfort. They cling to this world. But the hereafter is much better. This word is about traveling to relations for you and don't let the chief deceive you or deceive you with the law. Because it's always a garro, a distraction. You know, everything is a distraction. Uh, media, your job, your family, um, your children, your hunger, your needs, your naf, your hawa, which is means your, your, your soul, your passion, to drive you from what you should be doing for the betterment of you and those around you. Because we're all connected in some type of way. 
but you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. You know what I mean? Like we're all like just bees in the nest, you know? So we should work together more so than separate because more things connect us than disconnect us. You know, we're more alike than we choose to admit. Jamal wears these beaded bracelets on his wrist as a reminder of his religion. Oh, these are sipas. We use them just for remembrance, glorification of Allah. We say certain things throughout the day. Some people call them tasbi. We call them sipas, beads of remembrance. There's something like a rosary. Jamal's faith-inspired optimism is palpable, especially as he describes the role of incarceration in his life. To be honest, the justice system is just another institution, just like college. So what I've come to find out is that I might have lost myself or sense of identity by going in there, but it also gave me a chance to disseminate all the outside noise and actually hear myself think. And it gave me a chance to ask myself questions of affirmation, like, what do you want? How, how can you get it? Like, what's really achievable? Like, who are you really? Like, when you're done with this, then what you're going to do? Like, what's your actual plan? It gave me a chance to actually ask Jamal, what does Jamal want? Like, everybody wants to be free, but what would you do with that freedom? How would that freedom benefit you and people you come in contact with? Or is your freedom just for selfish needs and you don't go out there and do what you used to do? Right? The justice system will not craft it out and design for me. Some say that the media, you know, weaponizes my skin and criminalized the black community. Somewhat, yes. But then if you go other places, then no, we're not in the media. They're talking about something different. My actions were not justified. So I take that punishment, that media out by society, and I also take the strength that I've learned in there out here to help those to circumvent the system and not to be involved in it from the first place. While Jamal may have been able to learn from his experiences in prison, this is not the case for most. The prison system isn't designed for growth, he says. There's always a better route than that because I don't think it's designed for you to really come out better. The way it's really designed is to break you down because you're, you're isolated, you're exploited, you work for pennies, you're confined in a space with all men, right? So it does something to your psyche. Jamal suggests a more public health-focused vision for the justice system, one that addresses the social factors that cause criminal behavior to begin with. I would say that it should be a more of a therapeutic addressing the real issues, like why was the crime committed? It's really not the crime itself, it's what led up to it. What are the factors behind it? Right? Everything has an ingredient to it. Like Nobody just wakes up and says, man, I'm going to rob a bank or steal a car or sell some crack or, or, or you know, do some dope or snatch a purse. There's things that lead up to it. So find the X factors first right? before you put into the function, which is prison. And get the why, which the outcome, which is the felon, the formerly incarcerated, or whatever you want to call the person that is released back into society. So I would say deal with that first on a human level, because there are forces that have their own agenda, right? Straight up, hands down. If not, the water would be better. It's like the people in charge are almost misappropriating it, their authority. Two neighborhoods can be side by side. One is affluent, one is in poverty. 10 minutes away. Why is that? There is some inequality going on, so address those barriers and things first, and then maybe crime, because crime is not as high in certain areas. Why not? Let's look at the area. 
oh, they're this and that. Okay, then that kind of like is a core relationship to why this area is high crime. So deal with some social factors first. We all know what they are. So if we can address that, and it doesn't have to be even Steven, just come to some type of common ground, right? Just get some commonality going on, and then we can move forward. That's what I would say. Criminal justice reform, however, can't occur unless there's a change in the public's perception of the formerly incarcerated. What I don't want, ex-felon, gangbanger, thug, criminal. I know I can't erase my past, but don't convict me on my past. So I would just like to be looked at as a person that has been through something. You know, it's not all gloom and doom. It's not all after government and we're just going to renegade. It was circumstances. I didn't make the best choices. Only chose what I had available to me. More access to understanding and knowledge would have been better, right? They don't motivate you in the urban schools to do better. Like, I didn't hear about college until I was like about 25. Like, they didn't talk about that. They talk about like football team, grab that ball. You know what I mean? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you mean what I want to be? I don't know. Despite all that Jamal has been through, he speaks with an upbeat cadence. Since I put my life back together consciously, everything I do is on purpose. The best part of my day is just actually waking up and opening up my two gifts, my eyes. That's the best part. As long as I can wake up see another day, I can make it better than before. So as long as I get a chance to do that the next day, that's the best part of my day, waking up. That was criminal justice advocate and ambassador Jamal Taylor. Thanks for listening to Redeem. See you next time.